Yeah, yeah, we're giving away money, Sedano, LZ, and Cap. And speaking of money, tonight's game between the Lakers and Hornets. That's going to be money, LZ Granderson. LaMelo Ball returns to L.A., and he ain't all that impressed that he's facing LeBron James. That's a big topic of discussion today. How are you? Uh, I'm great, and I'm, you know, I'm indifferent to his indifference. Okay. So, <laughs> All right, then. Yeah, you know, it's like, I don't, I mean, does the moon need the wolf to howl at it to know that it's shining? Oh, oh. <laughs> That's a great point, LZ Granderson, that the moon does not need the wolf to howl at it. It just needs to be the moon. It just needs to be the moon. And so, you know, I understand how some people may view those comments as disrespectful. Ah, uh, yes. I, I view those comments as inconsequential. <laughs> Cap, how do you feel about it? Well, first of all, let me tell you this. I'm feeling great today, and I'm in a great mood. Okay. And I'm looking forward to tonight's game, too. But I got to say, you know, I've been thinking about this. Like, young guys who get a chance to face like the greatest player of the generation for the first time. And I feel like, remember when Allen Iverson went up against Michael Jordan? Did we think his, what I might call, um, attitude was like disrespectful? I didn't. I thought it was competitive. Correct. So, so I don't really look at this, this LaMelo thing as so how disrespectful. I heard Stephen A. say, you know what, man, you're talking about playing one of the greatest players and you should have respect for the fact that you're on the floor with him. On the other hand, he's a brash 19-year-old kid. Oh, by the way, been playing pro ball for like three years. Granted, mm -hmm. first year in the NBA. Yeah. So I'm not really buying into the big deal. Uh, I'm with you, um, and I'm, I'm with both of you, but I'm, I'm somewhere, you know, in the middle in the sense of I remember, and I remember this because I was there. I did. You the guys must have never went up against greatness in anything. I mean, I don't listen, I mean, you're just dropping out of the sky. Yeah, like, just, you know. You guys, are, have you guys ever ran into, like, a, a legend in your field? Like, this is the yes. guy? Yes, and I ran into think, Michael Thompson. Well, yeah. besides me. And you don't no. think, wow, this is pretty cool to be sitting here at the table with this guy or yes. conversing with him or yes. on the air with him or yes. working with this guy. And yes. you just show, you just slough it off as if he's just un Wait a second. He's, just, he's a jag, Wait just a another second. guy. Oh, are you yes. kidding me? Wait a second. I'm not saying LeBron. You are saying it. No, I'm I not. I just heard you. Will you stop? I haven't even said anything because you interrupted me. <laughs> what I was going to say was two things. Number one. I remember, because I, I did the game, of Zion's first matchup against LeBron. And in the pregame, he told us, I haven't really ever spoken to LeBron. And that became news. Uh-oh, Zion and LeBron have never spoken. And then after the game, they traded pleasantries. They spoke to each other. LeBron whispered something in his ear. I remember asking him, what did you tell the young man? He's like, that's between us. And I'm like, okay, I did my job. I asked you the question. But so... Michael, this stuff gets misconstrued. And by the way, I would say this. When Kobe Bryant played Michael Jordan for the first time, Kobe Bryant wasn't out there trying to be chummy with Michael Jordan. I'm not saying that. On the court, I'm not saying he, that. he, he, he no, picked his but brain. But i tell you one thing. He didn't, he didn't pretend like he was playing against Kerry Kittles, did he? He understood no, the greatness no, he was going against. But I don't think I don't think Lamelo is, no, is pretending he's, not, he's playing against. Nah, he was, you know he was, I, I don't know. He? No, is he being disrespectful. Know, Williams. He's not. Re, he's not recognizing how great it is. The greatness of LeBron. Michael, he's treating Michael, as if it's just another guy. Michael. Michael. Who's his father? Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> Come on, you just spoke like, to like, him. Like, 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 by like, the way, like, like, like seriously. By the like, way, great Ryan, job. Great job, Mason, Ireland, and Lindsay stealing him from us as we were literally just talking about bringing him on the show two days ago. 
Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm indifferent on that too. Really? But I, no, I, but I, I will, will say stand this. up for our show. Yeah. No, no, no. I don't. I will stand up and fight for my show. I don't care if Lavar is on it you because don't like I should. No, I just don't care if he's on or not because we can be great with or without him. That's but my true. point being, with when it comes to him, is that we know that he has a lot of sensible ideas that is completely covered in a lot of fluff and hyperbole. That is who he has been since he really rose to prominence nationally in the in the sports world. So why would anyone be shocked or surprised if there seems to be a hint of hyperbole yeah. or dismissiveness coming from one of his offsprings, considering that's been the business model? Correct. But so that's why I'm like going, you know, it yeah, doesn't really matter. But sometimes you got to overcome that LZ because let's say – like, okay, let's, for example, Venus and Serena, right? The way how they was raised by a strong, domineering father like Richard Williams. You mean the first time they took the court uh, as 16, 17-year-olds against Chris Everett or Martina Navratilova, they didn't think, oh, my goodness, that's the queen on the other side, even though you want to beat them and you think you can compete with them? Come on. Listen, I don't know if I can compare Richard Williams to LeVar Ball. Why not? They're kind of sim- similar, ain't they? Because I never heard Richard say, I can beat Federer one-on-one. <laughs> <laughs> so this that is a is different true. beast. This is, is this, is, this is a different beast we're talking about here, yeah. right? Right. So the mentality that he has, and by the way, I'm not faulting him for it because when you have Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan pick your kids to play balls for their respective teams, yeah. you did something right. Yeah. I'm just saying that the business model in terms of marketing and branding is filled with hyperbole, always has been, and what LaMelo said is consistent with the branding that was established three or four years ago with LeVar. So Bingo. I don't care. Yeah. And, and, I mean, and I, I, go ahead, Scott. If you're, if, you're, if you're a salesman, if you're a showman, and that's what LeVar is, um, the louder you are, and the more of a spectacle that you can become, in theory, the greater you can build your brand and the more you can ultimately sell. And you realize, of course, that we're not just talking about big baller brand shoes. There's all kinds of products that these guys have plans to try right. to sell. Well, so but they, me, actually, the, the, but the sons are no, really, no longer really in the business with the dad. You right, know what, but what, I'm I'm, what, I'm, what I'm getting at is, though, is that LeVar has created a spectacle of himself. Yes. I still find it interesting. Back to your point, George, about him being on Mason Ireland earlier. Yeah, I love LeVar Ball because, to me, I like pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. He fits right in. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I wish more sports was more like pro wrestling. Different, I, 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 but we don't talk about pro wrestling at nauseum, and yeah. there's a reason for it. Well, Michael there's only yeah. so much. <laughs> There's only so much syrup and sugar and honey you can pour in that pancake. No, but Eventually, you're going to want some meat. Eventually, LZ. you're going to want some substance. LZ, syrup and, mon- and honey is so good, though. Yeah, and, you take and, 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 and you right moderation. It yeah. And it's right moderation. Now, no, now one, Mike- no one grabs a jug of syrup and starts drinking it like it's Gatorade for a no, reason. And that's that. what the bar ball can be at times, drinking syrup. But there are different levels to this, this sport. And some games ain't the same as the others. Some Agreed. players ain't the same as the others. And some things are special, more special than the others. You know what I mean? And, and tonight you is saying one of those that things. Play, you're saying that for, for the kid right. to be on the floor with LeBron, yeah. with the king, that this is a special thing and right. he should recognize it? Exactly. That's all. Yeah, but, but Michael, he's a kid. Oh, come so, on. 
He's so, 20 years old. He ain't no kid. He's a grown man. Oh, he's, uh, please. You got kids. You Michael, know that ain't Guys in the military yeah. at 18 <laughs> years of age. Your son that is doesn't Clay mean he's right. Okay. <laughs> They're babies. They're little Stop. Children. He's a child. Okay. No, child. no. no. He, if, he got, if he committed a crime, he'd be charged as an adult, oh my, right? Okay, he's thanks, adult. Michael. But he's yeah, not but committing kid. a crime. He's playing a basketball he's not game. A, he's not in junior high. Come it on. does Even in junior high, you get tried as an adult in some places. So it doesn't really matter. But here's the thing. Here's the difference, Michael. This is the real deal here. If you Because, you know... You were very reverential, yes, right, yes. to Kareem oh, yeah. and, and those guys. But here's the thing. Maybe if you would have more of a LaMelo killer instinct or a Ball family killer instinct, maybe you wouldn't have had to have gotten traded from Portland to the Lakers, huh? Oh, wow. Right. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a no, serious that's accusation. Not, no, that's it. I, I put up some numbers. I, I did. I no, you were a good player. Yeah. But you, maybe if you'd had that killer instinct, you would have been a no. great player. Well, I, I thought I had it. I just didn't show it. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe when you and Byron got into that fight in the oh, locker room, during the Showtime yeah. era, maybe oh, you would have had that killer instinct. Why are you bringing up old stuff, George? And a false story to, to boot. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's false. I oh, have you several. Believe, you believe I have that several, Yeah, I, I mean, some, I have several sources that were there. Byron, Byron, and James Worthy came on this radio show and said that you that Byron was right. You guys keep uh, letting these guys pull your both legs. Well, oh, we'll man. know for sure when that HBO series comes out about the yeah. Showtime crew. We'll uh, find show, out then. Showtime. Who, who's, showtime. who's playing you, Michael? Well, I, I recommended uh, The Rock first. They turned the it down. Then I said uh, Rick <laughs> no, Fox. The rock, the rock is no good because of his tattoo. That's a dead giveaway that it's not uh, you. A body makeup. They could cover that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and then they said Rick Fox. And if not, I'll settle for Will Ferrell. Will Farrell. Well, you already played Jackie Moon, right? He could do me. <laughs> now, le- now, what did you make of the Adrian Brody as your former head coach, Pat Riley? Oh, no, he doesn't have the, his nose is too big. <laughs> right? So they can't do anything with that. That, no, that makeup no, can't help. I don't help, think huh? so. No. <laughs> but he's got the facial like the other rest of the face looks similar from back then. The thin face. I don't know. And... Adrian Brody. They could have found maybe Ben Affleck would have been a better rival. Sweet Jesus, man. No. no. What's wrong? No. With what's you? wrong with what, you doing? What, he's, good, he's good looking. He's got the slick back here thing he could do. No, for he Ryle. doesn't. He can put on a wig. <laughs> Uh, he's back. round, man. <laughs> have you seen Ben lately? Brody has the right facial structure and the right hair. There's you know little, what I mean? Like, they should have just got. They should have gotten a unknown, so yeah. we don't. Yeah. He, so we don't heap our stuff on that person. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Did you say Ben Affleck was round? Oh, he's definitely round. He's yeah, round. I mean, he's he's like a yeah. thirty-six thirty is what he is. You think he is? Oh, yeah, Michael. Let's yesterday. ask Michael that. Mm-hmm. Michael, LZ and Cap say that if you are four inches at your waistline above at least four or more inches above your waistline to your inseam that you are round. Is that accurate or no? Oh, yeah, because my inseam is like 42, 44 to 45. Right, but you're also seven feet tall. Yeah, so if I had a 45-inch, yeah, I'd, I'd, like I'd look like an egg. <laughs> <laughs> so Elsie's exactly right. Listen to Elsie. You see the shape that boy's in? No, I know. Listen, That's right. I, I do all right. It'd look good, Elsie. So, so, so – let me ask you this, as we've got you on here, Michael. As we look at this this Hornets team, though, uh-huh. you know, look, obviously the Lakers are the championship favorite. LeBron's the MVP favorite. Uh, but this yes. Hornets team, like if I were buying a growth stock, right, a, a stock that I think will grow, I would buy some Hornets stock because I think LaMelo, for all the conversation we just had about him, I feel like LaMelo is going to be a superstar in this league. How do you feel? A superstar? He has a chance to be an all-star. I don't want to give him a superstar yet, but all-star, give him the first choice. The, the Hornets, what they got to do is they got to draft really, really smart the way the Warriors did because they're not going to get big-time free agents to sign there. So they better draft smart and give these guys the chance to grow together. You say that you would buy low on ball. 
Who would you buy lower on, right? Like right now, you had to buy one or the other. You got LaMelo or you got THT. Who would you buy right now? As- oh, THT. No, LaMelo because he's got that it factor. Yeah, but THT got that Laker factor. Well, that's true. Yeah, he's got the Lakers working for him. <laughs> so you got the Lakers working for him. Yeah. So it's almost I, I, like a cheat I'll code. I'll tell you this. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. Taylor Horton Tucker is going to get multiple suitors in restrictive oh, free yeah. agency. Yeah. And I'm talking about like the max that they can offer him, four years, 75, mm-hmm. 80, whatever it's going to be. He's going to have multiple suitors. So and, the Lakers are going to have to re- get ready to pay up. And if the Lakers it. match it, they got to go heavy into the luxury tax, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So they'll have to make that business decision. They, so, they yeah. will. They definitely are in that place. And I am fascinated because I don't think the decision they make will be purely based upon what they think of that player. I think at a certain point, it's just going to be a bitter pill. You know, uh, I think in the past, you know, like look at the Chicago Bears. They told you what they felt about Mitch Trubisky mm-hmm. and the way they handled him. And that had nothing to do with money. Right. But when it comes to the Lakers young core who all are, will be eligible for a, a big payday, I think if a THT or Alice Caruso is not on this team, it's not because the Lakers didn't want them. Yeah. It's yeah. because so of the finances. Let me, let me ask you this, LZ. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Because we talked about this yesterday. I meant Michael. Uh, Michael, like there is a rumor. The Indianapolis Star reported yesterday that the Lakers would be potentially considering uh, a guy like Miles Turner uh-huh. uh, for this roster, yeah. which, you know, makes some sense, right? Oh, yeah. Like, I love he, his he, he's very interchangeable with yeah. Anthony Davis in yeah. the sense of, like, um, you know, defensively, you can play one at power forward, one at center. and yeah. it's, Oh, you know, my goodness. You, Imagine yeah, those two in the back Defensively, it would be the best, you know, the yep. best two big men you could possibly put together. Yep. Um, but you'd have to give up. A, a Taylor Horton Tucker, let's say. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And you'd have to give up part of the young core without naming names specifically if, if that's not something you can get into. You know, LeBron, in theory, will probably play, you know, four or five more years. Do you – you know, Turner's 25 years old. Is, is something like that something you think the Lakers have to consider because of the window? I love the way Turner defends the rim. He's probably the best rim defender in the game. And he is? He can shoot. He can if the Lakers can get him, I, they I, they ask me what what I thought. I said, man, get him, get him. That boy. Oh, I love the way he plays. Well, you know, if remember, if Portland would have asked you back then, uh, you'd have Michael Jordan. Thank as your you. Teammate. That's yeah, right. Not Sam Bowie. Unfreaking believable. Don't you bring that up? It still haunts me to this day. It's Maybe believable. Had... It's believable, Michael. I'm not gonna kick them for that. Why? Because at Did that they time. Ask you, though? They didn't ask me, but the owner they wanted to draft me. Mike. They, dra- they talked the owner out of drafting Michael Jordan. How about that? The teams at, the, at that time, it was, you started big yeah. and you worked your way out. Right. I'm not going to fault them yeah. for doing that, especially since they had Clyde Drexler. And, and to show you how great Hakeem was, that nobody ever falls Houston for drafting him over exactly. Jordan. How about that? And they had Ralph Sampson, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. How, yeah. how different. I would have six rings on my fingers. <laughs> Jeez. I always do wonder, though, if Jordan would have been Jordan in that environment. Oh, of course. He would have been Jordan anywhere. I don't know. I, I know. know. Would have stopped him? him he actually would have had better teammates. Well, he would have been Jordan Matter of fact, I used to get, but, I, I used to but, get uh, threatened to get beat up in the Laker locker room because my argument with Byron, Magic, and Coop was if we would have drafted Jordan, our backcourt would have been better than their backcourt. Mm-hmm. Do you guys agree? Jordan Drexler, Fat Lever versus Michael Cooper, Byron Scott, Magic Johnson. Which backcourt you guys? Do? Yeah, I think Portland yeah. would have been better. Yeah, yeah. Portland, Portland would have smoked them. But yeah. Yeah. there's also the question of 
with the where was the coach? Did the coach like playing young players? Mm-hmm. What about the relationship with the other veterans who were already established, like Clyde Drexler? So when I think about what Jordan had been Jordan, it isn't about just the talent. It's about the opportunities. Yeah. There were opportunities in Chicago to be him. But if Magic Johnson was drafted by a guy who was more of a traditionalist, Magic might have been pushed into a, a forward position. Oh, may no. never been a, no, no, may no, never no. have been a point guard. No way. Now, Nobody was going to move Magic to forward. Who, to, who would he get that from? I don't care how old well, school well, you are. Well, first of all, we already know that that was a conversation of his growing up. Yeah, well, growing <laughs> and, up. And it, and it dictated where he went to college. Right, yeah. But so, right. It's, so it's not like I'm speaking out of my ass here. Right, there yeah. were people who definitely <laughs> saw him at 6'9", and it was like going, yeah. okay, this is cute, but you're a forward. Yeah, but by the time he went to Michigan State, everybody saw what a great playmaker he was. Nobody's going to take the ball out of his hands. Right. Hey, coming up next, speaking of trying to take the ball out of someone's hands, Luka Doncic torched the Clippers yesterday. Michael, you in on a conversation about Luka? Yeah, I got a few more minutes. And Paul what George uh, complaining about the refs again? We'll get to all that coming up in a second. This portion of the and changing healthcare one person at a time. You're listening to Sedano, LZ, and Cap, and Michael. We got a fourth member today. We'll get to that in about two and a half minutes. But first, Kiki with traffic. What's up, Kiki? Hey, George, I'm going to head down out to uh, Long Beach. Big problem. Hey, Curtis, I'll be right back, okay? That's that right lane block traffic is stopped from Ocean Boulevard 405 North. That stop and go from Long Beach Boulevard. This report's sponsored by Zequil Pure Z's. You have to be up in five hours, two hours, and you haven't slept. Big Zequil Pure Z's is a drug free blend of botanicals with an optimum dose of melatonin that helps you fall asleep naturally and wake up with no next day grogginess. Zequil Pure Z's naturally superior sleep. I'm Kiki with your traffic 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Thanks, Chris. Time to find out what today's Money Madness School of the Day is. We need LZ, Cap, Greg, Laura to decide where we're shooting today. Uh, Shooting a three-pointer, a mid-range shot, or a dunk. LZ? I'm taking it from the mid-range, baby. Wide open. Swish. Okay, cool. Let's see what school we get with that mid-range shot. That's right. You heard it. Today's Money Madness School of the Day, the UCLA Bruins. And make sure you're listening during the 5 o'clock hour for the cue to call. Brought to you by Harris Resort SoCal. Are you game for a getaway? Then plan your fast break to funner at harrisocal.com. Yeah. All right, 
Sedano, LZ, and Cap. Michael hanging out with us today. Of course, yeah. Lakers Hornets tonight. Now, Michael, I was watching uh, Luca last night, uh-huh. and Luca was simply magnificent, as he generally tends to be. Nice trade, Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. Well, not only that. I mean, mm. let's not forget Sacramento passed on him <laughs> yeah. and Phoenix passed on him yeah. and all that, too. Uh, so he torches the Clippers yesterday. I mean, he was incredible, even against Paul George and those guys. Like, whenever the, the Paul George or Kawhi wasn't defending him all that much. But uh, they, he, he was just killing everybody. And Paul George, again, complaining about the officiating, saying that they only got 11 free throws and that they got fouled more than that. But here's my problem with that, Michael. They're a jump-shooting team. They're not – I mean, you know, Kawhi and Paul are settling a lot. They're not going to the basket as much as one would think they should – so, like, normally I'm with guys when they're complaining about the officiating, but if you look at their shot charts over the season, they settle for a lot of jumpers. Yeah, exactly. They don't attack the basket the way Taylor Horton Tucker does, or, of course, Harden, Kyrie Irving, those guys. They, Ka- Kawhi might do it occasionally, but you're right. They settle for jump shots, so you're not going to go to the line if you're shooting jumpers, Paul George. My goodness. Have they gotten better, Michael? No, the Clippers? Are, they, are, are they still the Clippers? Yeah, they're still the Clippers. They haven't proven anything. Even with the great uh, Kawhi Leonard there, they got beaten the second round last year. So until they get to the finals, what have they proven? But do they need to get to the finals? Yes. Guys, in, in order to be different? Yes. Or? You don't bring a Kawhi Leonard and a Paul George to just uh, get to the West Finals and lose? I guess for me, it's not so much the finished product or the destination. It's just watching how they year in and year out choose to get there. Whatever the there is, it just always feels like their regular season never exudes confidence heading into the postseason, no matter how talented they are. They had a three-headed monster couldn't get there with uh, Griffin, Paul, and uh, Jordan, and now they got two-headed monsters and still can't do it. No. Yeah, and I don't know what that is, George. I don't because the different owners, different coaches, Mm -hmm. great city. They got big names. I mean, Chris Paul, Kawhi, Paul George. You can't get bigger than that. And yet it feels as if there's, I don't know, if it's really a Clipper curse, it's working its magic extremely well. Well, that's the deal. It is the Clipper curse, right? Like, it it seems wild. Now, look, I'll say this. Um, I I am curious to see if there's any differences in the postseason. Because, yeah, I I feel like they're worse in the regular season. But, you know, that's just fodder for us. Because Ty Lue, you know, particularly when he was on some of those Cleveland teams coaching – he would hold stuff back, okay? And, you know, I know I've had these conversations with McMiniman before because he covered those teams. So I'm curious to see if there are, if that is indeed the case here, that they're holding some stuff back, but right? They that they're plays? Wor- they're going to unveil? Yeah, and schemes are, are, on defense and Are they holding that a point nature. guard back? Well, I mean, they're in the George Hill mix. I saw Brian Windhorst today on, on the jump say that they're in the, in the, in the George Hill mix. And, and look, I, I just think that yeah, I, I'm, I'm waiting to reserve judgment until the postseason starts. Yeah, well, so they're going to just flip a switch. They're just going to all of a sudden go, okay, yeah. hey, guys, listen, I want everybody to come in and get around the board. Look, you know all the stuff we've been doing all year? We don't do that anymore. Now we do it like this, and it's going to catch everybody by surprise because I'm a genius coach. I actually don't let people see our schemes during the regular season. I switch it for the postseason. I mean, are we talking seriously like they're going to just completely change things up like this? Not completely change things up. I think that there are wrinkles that they will add both on offense and defense. And that's stuff that, look, I mean, it's not flipping the switch because you're taking it to the extreme. What I'm telling you is wrinkles, right? Like different, um, you know, safety valves or as coaches call it, uh, triggers, right? Triggers like a trigger in a gun. 
um, for their offensive sets. And I think that that is stuff that Ty has done in the past. So that's why I just, I'm going to reserve judgment until I see them in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I would like to think that's true. But the way they talk during the regular season, if that's happening, they're not in on it. Because Kawhi and Paul George keep saying things in the public that makes it feel as if they're confused or that they're not as confident. So if Ty Lue is doing this sort of secret wait till we get to the postseason and you then I'll open the playbook sort of scheme, he should probably let his two superstars in on it so they can stop saying things in public that makes it sound as if they're, they don't have their ish together. I just don't see them playing with smiles, with joy. I know this sounds kind of weird. It's just an observation, but Kawhi doesn't – there's just no, like, smiley, happy, love-the-game energy, so to speak. Yeah, that doesn't matter. He's never been like that. Yeah, he, he doesn't smile like ever. But that, yeah, I know he doesn't. I know, but, but here's the thing. I know, but here's the thing. Um, we had this conversation a couple weeks ago. The question was, is he miscast as a leader? You know, and, and – People mm-hmm. compare his game or they compare him to LeBron. And and when you see LeBron, LeBron is a leader, a talker, a joyous player, et cetera. And Kawhi kind of has that all business all the time, you know, kind of scowl to me, um, especially last night. He kind of had that look when when Luca had that four point play where he shot the ball from almost half court and, and, and he got fouled. He had that kind of look like just just stare. Just, there's just no joy emanating is all I'm saying. Well, and so it's been that way. I know he has. I know, yeah. but he's always had other players around him, and now he's the number one guy. Which right. Is, to your point, what you're saying is you maybe that he needs to change his approach, right? Because well, he's he's not. No. All right. So he's he's this is who he is. So the question isn't whether or not Kawhi can be something else. He can't. This is who he is. The question is, does he? Does someone needs to be this other factor that that Cap is talking about in gotcha. order for the team to be successful? You know because. He's been around enough for us to know this is what it is. They don't have enough to beat the Lakers, man, so they're just spinning but, their wheels. But do they have a personality on that on the team currently constructed that can be the things that Cap is talking about? Because I think Kawhi is a tremendous leader. Oh, yeah. he, he's just a leader by example. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's no Captain Kirk. Right, he's not an inspirational well, leader like right. a Captain he's, Kirk. He's Spock. No, he's Spock. Yeah, <laughs> he's Spock. And and, and and oh, by the way, who did Kirk always turn to when he really needed to get stuff done? Spock, yeah. of course. Spock. That's right. right. And and Spock had the ears, and and Kawhi got the hands. That's right. You right. know. Yeah. So so who who's Bones? Is that uh, you know Bones? Cause, yeah. Because I feel like Bones is like Pat Bev. Yeah, I'd be Bev- Pat Beverly. That's right. No, no, no. Because no. Bones was always saying what he couldn't do. Well, he Remember? was always trying, though. He was, I'm getting, was, I'm giving it all she's got, Captain. Like, no, no, that's Scotty. That's Scotty. Oh, Scotty. That's Scotty. Right. Bones was the doctor, doctor who was always doctor. telling Jim, damn it, Jim, I'm just exactly. the doctor. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. He well, was that, always saying he couldn't. Pat Beverly is well, not like then, that. Well, then <laughs> so is Bones then Paul George? Yeah, that's uh, Paul yeah, George, right. He's trying. Paul, he's trying, exactly. but he just can't get over the Damn home. it, Kawhi, I'm just an all-star. Exactly. I'm just a three-quarter all-star. Why you want me in the fourth? And Patrick Beverly's always giving it all he's got, like like Scotty, down in the engine room. I, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Beam me I'm, up. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, all right. I hey, guess I might so, as well so close you over. You guys coming up to the game tonight? Wait, wait, wait. Mike. We coming to the game. What are, no, what are you talking not. about? Use your credentials. Our little let you in with his credentials. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if movie theaters are opening and gyms are opening, I mean, come on. I'm it's got to be man. soon. It's got to be soon. 8,000 people in Staples Center spread out. You could easily be safe. I like how you said spread out. That's really important. Spread out. Yes, for now. 
Spread like the virus. <laughs> Maybe like two. Michael, let's start with two. No, okay. Two, and you then, won't even notice 2,000 people in there. And then work with. We got 2,000 people in there now. Just with the no, staff. You, well, it's just no, security. It's all security guards. There are more yeah. security guards in the Staples Center, and there are oh, yeah. no fans there. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Hey, guys, yeah. let me ask you a question. I'm just uh, texting with Lindsay. Yeah. Miss Piggy of the Muppets. Oh, God. Based in this sensitive times now, is that going to have to be canceled? No. What? No? Not Miss Piggy? No. Yeah, don't use the cancel language. That's well, well everything. And else by the way, canceled. Miss Piggy is is you know her character is like bold. Like that is actual. Uh, you know that is she well, she was ahead of her time, Miss Piggy. That's true. Well, and she, I mean, she was a sexual harasser though. That is also true. well. She definitely, yeah. Kermit, <laughs> well, yeah, Kermit could have gone to HR a bunch of times. <laughs> that's right. Mason yeah. and Ireland were having this whole conversation earlier today about cancel and who's getting canceled and who should be canceled. They were bringing up uh, Pepe Le Pew. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you got to really remember some old school cartoons to know whether or not he should or shouldn't, you know? But I, I don't remember. I mean, I vaguely What about the Roadrunner? Isn't a Roadrunner really uh, Tom and Jerry? Aren't they very violent? Well, listen, <laughs> canceling is a very cowardly maneuver that Correct. people who are being called to actually own up to their ish would throw that word out there to avoid it. Mm. Yeah. So it's like, is it canceling Pepe Le Pew? No, it's questioning yeah. why he was drawn in the first place. Why did you have a rapist skunk <laughs> in your cartoon strip? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and on that note... It, and why don't I remember as a kid thinking... Gosh, this because you were a kid. A That's skunk. why you didn't know bad the difference. Skunk. Right? No. I don't like this skunk. He smells, but he's he's a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Michael, yeah. send our. I know you're heading over to Staples Center. Send our best to Lavar. Okay. Oh, oh, I know. I still. I Never wish he lost. could be there. Yeah. Uh, all right. See you later, Michael. All, all right, right, boys. Co- coming up next. Don't forget in the five o'clock hour, we're giving you a chance to win two hundred bucks. So make sure you're listening for the cue to call, and hopefully you have the March. Money Madness School of the Day, which we gave out at 4.15, and we'll do that each and every day at 4.15. But coming up next, it's time for our game, Overrated, Underrated, Properly Rated, coming back in three minutes. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Thanks a lot, Chris. Much appreciated. Whoa. I probably sound Whoa. much better than I Whoa. normally do at home, huh? Wow, you sound like you're Ooh. in stereo. Yeah, yeah. you like God, that? Listen yeah. to that microphone. It just goes to show you what crap you sound like every day. <laughs> yeah, it really does. That's an excellent point, Kaplan. I, um, I do. It's true. There's bass in his voice, LZ. I'm a little shocked, actually. I didn't realize they had dropped yet. <laughs> <laughs> this is me. This is all of me. Really? All right, so we're going to go with birthdays here, like we always do. Birthdays to start this off. Scott, with you first, Queen Latifah, Vanessa Williams, and Adam Levine. Overrated, underrated, properly rated. Okay, I had to write those down again. Uh, Queen Latifah looks like I wrote down Latka. Um, Vanessa Williams looks like Venus, and Adam Levine is Adam L.A. Okay, um, okay. So I would say that Adam Levine is properly rated. I like Adam Levine a lot. He's a great singer. No shock there. Yeah, I like Adam Levine. You like Adam Levine? No, he's like mayo on a sandwich. I like Adam Levine. I'm sure you like mayo too. Do you like mayo? Not really. You know, not not really mayo. 
you know. Go on. But I like I, Adam Levine, so I'm going to call him properly rated. Now, this is ahead. where things get tough because I like Queen Latifah a lot. I like Vanessa Williams, too. But I'll say Latifah overrated and Vanessa underrated because I don't really hear from Vanessa. And Latifah, I, see, I feel like I see her on TV a lot. So I see like she's in my consciousness. But I don't really have good explanations for why she would be overrated. I don't know. You got to pick one. LZ? I did. He did. Um, so I'm going to go Adam Levine overrated. He's not a tremendous singer. He's a studio singer. And we all were witness to that during the Super Bowl. Um, I would say that Vanessa Williams is underrated because people often forget how strong of a black woman she had to be to overcome that embarrassment of the photos and how they tormented this woman in public, and yet she still continued to push through and has been able to stand the game for 30-some years at a very high level. And Queen Latifah is properly rated because I feel as if the award industry recognizes her work. She's good on every MLK Boulevard, and to a certain degree, she has a split of street cred in the LGBTQ community as well. So she's covering all the bases for a variety of reasons. Shout out to you, set it off. And I think where she is in pop culture is proper. Uh, I'm going to go also Adam Levine overrated, Queen Latifah properly rated. And who was the third person? Vanessa, Vanessa Williams. Williams. Oh, Vanessa Williams is underrated. I Yeah, I, I agree. I, I'm with LZ on this one, 100%. All right, so the next one is Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut is putting Pac-Man on their pizza boxes. You can scan a QR code on the pizza box itself and then play Pac-Man from your phone by just holding it over the pizza box. So is Pac-Man the game, just the game itself of Pac-Man, LZ, overrated, underrated, or properly rated? You're asking someone who has a Pac-Man machine in his game room if Pac-Man is overrated or underrated? I didn't even know, but that's awesome. So I think I just answered the question. And I can do either. I'm by Scott. I can stand or sit. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Um, I can stand or sit also. And um, I used to go both ways because as a kicker, I would really? kick with my right foot. And as a punter, I would kick with my left foot, LZ. You went both sp- ways, huh? That's exactly what I'm telling you. Okay. But I'll stand or sit. I think Pac-Man is properly rated. I mean, I think it's one of the all-time great video games, one of the, the, the beginnings of the video games, in my opinion, early 80s, man. I was stuck on a Pac-Man machine, and I would play Miss Pac-Man, too, if I could with a QR code from Pizza Hut. Uh, yeah, look, I think Pac-Man, again, is the goat of games originally, right? Like, as far as arcade games. So, yeah, I would say, uh, I would say underrated in today's day and age. I don't think enough people really understand the, uh, the history of a Pac-Man kind of opening the foray into video game culture. All right. So the next one is out of Hoops Hype. Hoops Hype put out a top 25 players under 25 in the NBA. So I'm going to give you three names to keep this pretty quick and where they are on the list. Tell me if they are over, overrated, underrated, or properly rated based on their ranking. So, George, we'll start with you. Ben Simmons at number five. Okay. Ben Simmons at number five in what? In top 25, under 25. Um, I don't know everybody's age. Who are the other guys, though? So, I, okay, so number yeah, one. Yeah, I need to know who else is on the list number, before I decide on sure. each individual guy. So, number one is Luka Doncic. Number two is Zion Williamson. Number three is Jason Tatum. Number four is Devin Booker. And then number five is Ben Simmons. Okay. 
Uh, so Zion, Devin Booker, Jason Tatum, Ben, and who else? Ben and Tatum, Booker, Tatum, Zion, Doncic. You said Tatum twice. Doncic. Okay. Um, so I don't. What, what is the question about Ben Simmons, though? Is he based on his at number five? Is he overrated, underrated, or properly rated at number five on this list? <sighs> Tough thing to do when you don't have the whole list. Well, yeah, yeah definitely. Look it up. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do that. Um, I'm gonna Google. Maybe we should, maybe we should Google it. I yeah. think he's underrated there. Like I know that LZ and I disagree on him a lot, but I feel like he's better than some of those guys because we don't factor in defense. And I think he's the best perimeter defender, arguably in the NBA right now. So, um, and the fact that you know the jump shot stuff, I, I feel like is overblown. Like if you're averaging 15, 16 a night and you're, you're not shooting threes, I think that's even more impressive. So I would say underrated. I would say that Ben Simmons uh, is overrated, but only by one. Um, and looking at the list, Donovan Mitchell, who's 24, is rated six. I would rather have Donovan Mitchell than Ben Simmons at this point. So he's overrated, but not by much. I'm also going overrated while I'm Googling the list, but I could have a different answer once I find the list. So keep going. Number six is Mitchell. Number seven is Bam Adebayo. I'm only going to do the top ten. Eight is Jalen Brown. Nine is Trey Young. And ten is Brandon Ingram. Mm-hmm. I'm staying with overrated. Or okay. I'm, yeah, I'm staying right there. All right, that's uh, overrated, underrated, and properly rated. Uh, there we go. So that's our three for today. Uh, coming up next, Jay Billis is going to stop by. Our pal Jay Billis, we're going to talk some college hoop with him. Look, we don't know anything about college hoops this year because, well, we've discussed this at nauseam. I, I didn't know anything last year either, George. Oh, well, I knew last year, okay? <laughs> okay. Uh, right. At least I can speak for myself. But Jay knows everything, and we're going to ask Jay all the relevant questions. He's going to join us in a second. Is your vehicle due for service? Headed to your neighborhood of Valvoline Instant Oil Change. For over 30 years, Valvoline has provided quick and convenient automotive maintenance services. No dragging the kids to the dirty waiting room. You stay in your car nice and safe while the experts take care of your ride. Oil changes, tire rotation, transmission care, more. Pull up, drive in, and drive out in about 15 minutes. Visit their website, SoCalOilChange.com, for game-winning coupons and locations. All right, we're back in two minutes, but first, Kiki with traffic. What's up, Kiki? Hey, George, I'm going to head to uh, Anaheim Hills this time. We've got a big problem. It's going to be that 91 Westbound, right at Imperial Highway. SIG alert crash blocks the right lane and the off-ramp. And in Long Beach, we still have this SIG alert as well. And it looks like a hazmat issue. It's a diesel fuel, 80 gallons of diesel fuel over to the right shoulder. 710 northbound after the 405 crash has that right lane block. And again, the hazmat situation. This report sponsored by Zico Pure Z's. You have to be up in five hours two hours and you haven't slept. Vixie Cool Pure Z's is a drug-free blend of botanicals with an optimum dose of melatonin that helps you fall asleep naturally and wake up with no next day grogginess. Zequel Pure Z, naturally superior sleep. I'm Kiki with your traffic, 710 ESPN. Sedano LZ and Cap here on 710 ESPN. We'll take you up to 6 o'clock tonight as the Lakers and Hornets will be in action. Our pregame starts then. And, of course, uh, Michael Thompson and John Ireland will have the call of the game as they do each and every evening. Tomorrow we'll have Matt Stafford on. Uh, He will make his introduction to the L.A. market tomorrow, and we will have him on the show. No time yet. We'll figure that out. Actually, oh, we do have a time. All right. We do have a time. Yeah. Oh, my bad. That I, thing. Yeah. My, my bad. Five o'clock. Five o'clock for Matthew Stafford tomorrow. But right now we have a man who is equally as important, especially this time of year. We love having Jay Billis on. Um, look, Jay, the reality is this. This year, 
because of the strangeness of the season, none of us have really followed College Hoop. Uh, we have you on all the time during the season anyway. Uh, generally, this year, uh, it's been weird, so we figured you can help us and the audience out. So thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, we only have to break down 68 games, and, uh, and we'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. There you help go. Us. Help us. So, Jay, let, let's start with UCLA since they're playing tonight. Uh, Mick Cronin's group, um, what, what, do you, what do you see from them in a matchup tonight? What are their strengths and weaknesses, and how can they advance tonight? Well, they're going to have to, to rebound. Uh, Michigan State still is a good rebounding team. I think one of the things about Michigan State that's going to be a challenge for uh, UCLA is now you know Michigan State needed to get out of the Big Ten. I mean, that's been uh, – that's been a brutal experience for a lot of the teams sort of in the middle of the league because it's a league in which you can play really well and lose. And so whether it's Michigan State or Rutgers or Wisconsin, I think they're going to be happy to see somebody new, and I think uh, Michigan State's going to be happy to see UCLA, frankly. Um, but they're, they're, I think one of the things that UCLA can do is try to really put some pressure on the opposing point guard because Michigan State doesn't really have one. Uh, A.J. Hogard is a freshman. Uh, he's been up and down, I would say. Uh, and then Rocket Watts is a sophomore, but he's not really a true point guard. So they have different guys that can initiate, but I think, I think they can be attacked at that spot and sped up a little bit. Um, and especially if you put some pressure on that, that guard, uh, you might be able to, to really sort of disrupt any sort of rhythm they could get in the half-court offense. But um, you know, when you play Michigan State, to, to your earlier question or to your question, um, I think UCLA is going to have to run really good offense. And if they do and don't turn it over and don't take uh, questionable shots, that allows Michigan State to rebound them and then get out in transition because that's where they're really good is when they can run. Uh, I think the Bruins have a good chance. Um, it's a it's a toss up game, and UCLA is more than good enough to win. Uh, but they're certainly going to have to play play well on the glass, and then uh, and then do a really good job on the offensive end. Jay, who is the Wally Zerbiak in this year's tournament? The guy that we don't really know and has an opportunity to make a household name for himself during the couple of weeks here. And well, LZ, I don't know. I don't know who you you don't know, but the nobody. Like, that's easy though. Anybody. <laughs> okay, yeah, exactly. You, guys you actually could tell me Wally Zerbiak was actually playing, and I would say, oh, okay. Right, like the yeah. guy you just mentioned from Michigan yeah. State. None of us ever heard of that guy. Yeah. But, but. That was back know. in the 90s, you know. Well, Wally played back in the 90s, so we're kind of going, going back a ways to find somebody uh, to, that's going to come out of come out of nowhere. Um, uh, but I, there are a couple, couple guys. One, um, just a, more on a uh, macro level, uh, Kate Cunningham of Oklahoma State is a freshman, led the Big 12 in scoring. He was the, the player of the year in the league, averaged about 20 a game. He's going to be the first pick in the draft, and, uh, uh, and I think he's going to come out. You guys know how good Evan Mobley is at, at USC, but there's, a, there's a, a kid at Ohio University that's playing Virginia uh, in the 4-13 matchup in the West named Jason Preston. Uh, he barely played in high school. I mean, it's really remarkable. And, and he's going to be a first-round draft pick. Uh, he is a triple-double type point guard that's sort of a lamello ball type player in college. Uh, I would liken him to a little bit. Uh, not quite as you know flashy or dynamic, but uh, they played earlier this year, Ohio did, against Illinois, which is the number one seed in the Midwest. And he uh, pressed that 31 points, eight assists, and, and not a single turnover. 
and it took Io DeSumo being a hero at the end of the game to win it for, for Illinois. Otherwise, that would have been an upset uh, that people would have been talking about all year. So I think, I think behind Preston, Ohio is a very good uh, choice to beat Virginia and be sort of a double-digit upset uh, type. Um, I'm trying to think if there's another one that's quite like Wally Serbiak uh, that's going back <laughs> a ways. I mean, UNC Greensboro has a kid named Isaiah Miller who's the first two-time Southern Conference Player of the Year since Steph Curry. He's not quite Steph Curry, but he's really good. Uh, but, you know, I, I think I'd go with those guys right off the top of my head. All right, Jay Billis, let me ask you if you could scout out a game that I know I'm very interested in tomorrow night, Syracuse versus San Diego State. I always get concerned when a mid-major conference doesn't necessarily uh, prepare you for for facing a Power Five, but what do you think about San Diego State versus Syracuse? Yeah, I think the Mountain West would prepare San Diego State for for, uh, a team like Syracuse. It's just the the defense that they're going to play against. Syracuse has been playing this zone for a number of years. Uh, so they're good at it. Uh, I think the area where Syracuse does not perform at, at a high level is on the glass. They're not a good defensive rebounding team. So they've been pounded a few times. Pittsburgh beat the hell out of them on the glass. Uh, North Carolina did the same thing. I don't know. I, I think San Diego State's always prided itself on defense and rebounding. I think they're a very good rebounding team. I don't know that they can do to Syracuse what Carolina or Pittsburgh did to them, but but they can find openings. You know, Nathan Mentz is a good rebounder. Matt Mitchell, those guys can rebound. And then I think Jordan Shackle's going to have to have a, a great game because he can shoot it. And, and you, you, it doesn't matter how good your, you know, your zone offense is. You know, everybody, we all talk about get to the middle of the zone, contract the zone. Syracuse, Syracuse plays it so well when the ball goes into the middle. If you're not a, a great playmaker, they fan out to three-point shooters instead of collapsing the defense. Uh, so, so Shackle's going to Gomez. They're going to have to hit threes uh, in order to win. But, uh, but I think they're more than good enough to do it. I think just, but Syracuse is a, a good upset pick there. It's weird that this year there seem to be more like ten and eleven seeds that are major conference teams. So I don't really think those are going to be upsets. I think I think some of those teams are are just as good, if not better, than the team they're playing. Jay Billis with us here, of course, ESPN College Hoops, the best in the business at covering the sport. Uh, with us here on Sedano, LZ, and Cap. So you mentioned Mobley and USC. Who does he remind you most of, Jay? Wow, that's a good one. Um, he's a little like Chris Bosh, I'd say. Um, he's he's kind of uh, thin. Bosh in college. Uh, Bosh played at Georgia Tech. Um, he, he's he's thin, but he's really mobile, and, and he's a spectacular athlete. I think he's actually a better shot blocker than uh than Bosch was in college uh Bosch is a lefty was a lefty and is a lefty but um I'm a, I'm a believer in Mobley like he's he's a player of the year in the Pac-12 and defensive player of the year and he's the the only one to do that other than Anthony Davis at uh, at Kentucky in 2012 that's a pretty good company to be in uh, he's not really a stretch four he doesn't stretch it out uh to a deep shot but uh, he's got a beautiful mid-range uh, shooting touch, and he's good around the rim, uh, and he can he can pass it. But he's really mobile, gets up and down the floor well. He's going to be a. I think he's got a chance to be a great player. Like he's a great player in college, but I think he's got a chance to be a great pro down the line. Uh, Jay, the NCAA pulled the okie doke again, as you know. They were supposed to vote to sort of modernize their rules for player compensations back in. January of 2021, and then when it was time to have that vote, they decided to postpone that vote indefinitely, once again pulling the okey-doke. My question to you is, during the tournament, we know that college students are planning on protesting. Do you think, at this point, 
the NCAA can remain a viable source for this sort of entertainment, or it's just a matter of time before this whole thing's going to come crumbling down and players are going to look at the G League and overseas? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't think it's going to come crumbling down. I don't think multi-billion dollar businesses uh, uh, fall that way. Uh, what, what I think will happen, LZ, is that uh, you know the players are ultimately going to, going to win this and, and be allowed at least their name, image, and likeness rights, and I think beyond. Uh, it's been a long slog, and I wanted to say something snarky at the beginning. Like, you're kidding me. You know, the NCAA said one thing and did another. I can't believe it. But, but it, I, I do believe it's going to happen. Uh, when, when the announcement was made uh, two years ago about name, image, and likeness, the first thing I said was the NCAA is not going to do this. They're saying they're going to do it, but they're not. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't uh, like to say I told you so. In fact, I love it. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I knew they weren't going to do it. And really what they're doing now is just stalling, trying to lobby Congress to see if they can get Congress to give them antitrust protection so they can continue to violate federal antitrust law. And then they're hoping that the Supreme Court, uh, with its now conservative bent, will, uh, will basically say, okay, we like this system that limits only one class of person while everybody else gets to make as much money as they want, including every other student. Um, so I, 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 I'm, I'm hopeful that, uh, that the court will make some sense out of this and do what's right. But even if they don't, um, uh, the, the Congress is likely to do something, and I'm not sure the NCAA is going to like it. Maybe nobody will like it. But the days of, of sort of a scholarship or a scholarship uh, is all you get. And if you don't like it, go pound sand. I think those are coming to a pretty swift, uh, a relatively swift close, given that the, the NCAA is out 120 years to come up with some rules here. And they've chosen to, to not to do it. Hey, Jay, uh, we're up against the clock real quick. Usually 12-5 is where an upset happens. You see Santa Barbara is a 12. They're taking on Creighton, who's a 5. Any chance here for an upset? Yeah, that's the one I picked. Uh, uh, UC Santa Barbara. I also looked at Winthrop. I think that's a fair one. Uh, the whole crowd is on Georgetown. I'm going the other way on that because Colorado's better than Georgetown. They've been listening to all us, you know, blathering gas bags say they're going to lose. So I think they'll be their antenna will be up for that game. But uh, UC Santa Barbara is a good one, and and it's a good risk because even if they don't win, whoever wins that little sub region that that includes. You know, Creighton, Virginia, uh, uh, and Ohio um, is going to lose to Gonzaga anyway. So uh, it's not a it's not a bracket buster if you lose it. There is Jay Billis, the best of the business at covering college hoops, joining us here on Seven Ten ESPN. Jay, you're the best man. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. Uh, stay healthy and stay safe. Thanks again. Thank you, sir. You too. Thank you, guys. All right, see you. There he is, Jay Billis with us here. All right, coming up next, uh, Matt Stafford, officially a Ram. We'll have him on tomorrow at 5 o'clock. Is it Super Bowl or bus time? And what are the Rams waiting for? We'll be back in three minutes.